Good morning, y'all, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time of Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Tuesday, October 26, 2021, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter Working with Others on page 94, reading the second paragraph. Your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all of the program. Unpacking that one paragraph only, please. Today's readers are, and thank you so much for your service, Barbara P., Crystal P., I'm sorry, Barbara P., Kathy S., and Crystal P. The reference ID for yesterday, October 25th, 7 a.m., 17,975. That's 17975 for 10 a.m., 17,977. That's 17977. I forgot to mention the other readers for the 12 steps, Dave M., and for the traditions, Margie, our newcomer greeter, Lauren N., and for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Penny C. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Dave M. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Dave. Dave, press star this one. Is Dave M., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of overeaters anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever, wherever possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory 
and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Okay, I'm now going to ask Marge E. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Marge. Thank you, Amy. Marge E. from Massachusetts, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige Divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service this month, and I pass. Thank you so much, Marge. Okay, now for the exciting part, how our meeting works. Yay! Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but... We ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter Working with Others on page 94, the second paragraph. And I'm going to ask Barbara P. to get us started. 
Go ahead, Barbara. Good morning, everybody. Barbara P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Atlanta. Your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all of the program. He may rebel at the thought of a drastic house cleaning, which requires discussion with other people. Do not contradict such views. Tell him you once felt as he does, but you doubt whether you would have made much progress had you not taken action. On your first visit, tell him about the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. If he shows interest, lend him your copy of this book. So there's some very specific directions in here uh, that I never noticed and I'm seeing this morning so clearly. Do not contradict such views. And, you know, I, I think that's really an important one all through sponsoring and in working with others. You know, I just try not to think I know what's right for the other person, but there's also no reason to. I think this was really good wisdom because the reality is if someone dives in and begins to do the work, they really come to this themselves. I, they don't, I don't, by the time they get to step four, they, the, the inventory, so to speak, which does scare everybody, they have the energy to do it. Step one gives, doing step one, really experiencing step one gave me the energy to do step two. But I also really have to remember my job is just to reassure Tell him you once felt as he does. Now, I thought about that, and I thought, well, good thing I've had that experience, so I don't have to lie, like they're almost telling us to lie. And then I thought, no, I think probably because we all feel that way. We all feel like, especially those of us who've been around a long time, I was in program and around OA, sometimes, you know, what I considered successfully, probably for a couple of decades before I went through the directions with a step guide, and what I will tell you is she didn't contradict anything. She just reassured me um, and still treated me like a newcomer. And there were a million times where I felt like, don't you know I've been around? Like, why are you treating me like this is my first day in program? Well, thank God she did. Because what I came to see was I was driven by fear and ego. I was just driven, and so is this candidate I'm working with. I, I everything in me said, oh, "Well, I've done that. I don't want to fail." I'll, you know, it was underneath the surface, but I was so afraid I was just going to quote unquote fail again at OA. So the reality is, the newcomers dealing with a lot of stuff. My candidate, whether they've been in program four years, twenty years, two weeks, a week. They are dealing with fear, with ego. I don't want to get in there and contradict. All I want to do is reassure and say, yep, I did feel that way, but you know what? Let's just stay in step one. Why not not worry about that inventory for right now? Let's, let's work on step one and then see how you feel when you get there. That for me was such an approach that worked and really trying to remember no matter how long I had been around, I was a newcomer. I just couldn't, I didn't have the right to rebel at anything anymore as a sponsee. I just had to follow directions. So I think that's what I have this morning. Thanks so much for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara. Okay, so we are going to take names for those who would like to share on what was read. Again, if you have shared in the last couple of days, specifically Monday or Friday, we ask that you step aside and let others share their experience, strength, and hope. We greatly appreciate that. Okay, so who would like to share on what was read? 
Teresa P. It's just Larry K. Teresa P. Larry K. Greg K. Greg K. Anyone else? Deb S. Dave M. Deb S. Dave M. Anyone else? All righty then. We got ourselves a good lineup. Teresa P., Larry K., Greg K., Deb S., and Dave M. Go ahead, Teresa. You're up. Uh, hi. Good morning, all. This is uh, Teresa P. from California. And, you know, I'm grateful one more time that the, the big book is specific, gives me direction because I need them. And uh, I like that. Uh, do not contradict the sponsee. Well, you know, because there I am, you know, like I got the way now. So I want to tell them, you know, let's just move along. And so what I get to do is uh, listen to the big book one more time, which is why I get need to read it and hear it over and over because there's all this stuff I miss or I forget or whatever, but it doesn't matter because thank goodness it's in writing and that I, you know, do go over it a lot. And that's why I'm so grateful for this meeting is that. Um, we go through uh, so many parts of the big book, just paragraph by paragraph, sometimes line by line, because there is so much in each each line that I need to learn about me and my disease that I didn't learn uh, throughout my life anywhere else, um, and I didn't I didn't know how I wa- how I acted. You know, because I thought I was being good or being bad, whatever it was at the moment. But this way, I get to learn specifically what to do. And it shows me and how I act to myself in a way I was never able to admit before because I always wanted to, you know, try hard and be good. And now I get to go, oh, man, I contradict a lot. You know, I want to, like, run the show after one more time. And what I get to realize is, you know, that's just my humanness. And that's why you know, these instructions are in the book over and over and over because I make these mistakes over and over. And the good news is, is you know, my God is, is not it doesn't just give me second chances. I have the God of unlimited chances. So no matter how many times I screw up, he's there, you know, say, okay, screwed up again, you know, let's. Go ahead and do the process and make the amends. Ten steps and make the amends and and just go forward. You know, I don't have to beat myself up. It's just like, yep, I'm human. Made that mistake. This is what I do. You know, ten step and, you know, keep doing 10, 11, and 12. And, you know, be uh, available for the sponsee, you know, when, they, when or if they call again. And, you know, and I'm... Just so grateful for all those specific instructions because I've always had a memory problem and I forget stuff. I mean, you know, you'd think I'd know this by now, but I don't. And it's not just in the area of my disease, but in a lot of areas. And it's okay. It's just who I am. And uh, I heard the buzzer. And so one more time, thank God for the big book that has the instructions that are repeated 
over and over because I need it. Thank you for letting me share my path. Thank you so much, Teresa. Okie dokie. Larry Kay, followed by Greg Kay. Go ahead, Larry. You are up. All right. Hey, Amy. Thanks so much for your service. Larry Kay recovered from Chicago. You know, um, I don't know about you, but I, I don't like to be sold anything. I like to buy. I like to buy things, but if I get a thought that I, you know that you're trying to sell me something, there's just something I just don't like to be. You know, it says your candidate may give reasons why he need not follow all the program. You know, this guy doesn't want to do a personal house cleaning. Do do not contradict such views. What do What do you mean you don't want to follow this program of action? You know, maybe I can maybe I can shame you. Maybe I can, you know, subtly, I'll, I'll be real subtle about it, but I'm going to shame you into wanting to do this. See, you need this thing. See, if, if I can, maybe if I judge you in a subtle way, better, better yet, let me, let me see if I can manipulate you into following this program. Because you, you need to understand, if you, if you haven't got this yet, if you don't follow these specific instructions, that's going to make me feel bad. <laughs> and, and, and I need a success. I need to feel like this is something good. This is something real. See, it's all about me. After all, you know, all of my OA friends, they're watching me. My sponsor, I don't want to disappoint anyone. You've got to get this thing. You know, it, it's too much for my ego to bear that you don't want this. See, and, you know, w- w- what was that you said? You don't want to do a personal house cleaning. Oh, you're making me look bad. You're making me feel bad. Don't contradict the way this program is supposed to work. It feels like you're contradicting me. I feel really uncomfortable when you're contradicting me. And, you know, what we learn in this program really is that um, we're not selling anything. We're just merely laying this spiritual toolkit at someone's feet. I don't want to, I, I don't want to, if I introduce someone to this thing, I don't want to mess this up when they're ready a year from now. We, we, we don't try to sell. We just allow people to kind of pick up. It's a show and tell operation. They pick up this thing. They take a look at it. If they want it, terrific. That's wonderful. If they don't, that's okay. We move right on. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much, Larry. Okay, Greg K. followed by Deb S. Go ahead, Greg. Hi, Greg K. from Maine. Can I be heard? Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Grateful Recovery Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, moderator, for your service. Thanks for everybody on the line. Um, just sitting here, I don't often comment. I get intimidated because there's just so much recovery on this line. But... Um, the one thing that brought to mind is I've been around vision since 2016 and I basically uh, have just been around vision or vision type meetings. Um, and I've, I've been around program for 10 years, only been entirely absent in about six months. So I had to go out and find some sponsees. So uh, I stepped off the vision raft and, and back into the, the vast ocean of recovery. And I joined a, a Facebook group my partner was a part of. Um, and suffice to say, their vision of recovery was drastically different than mine. And I made a complete and utter asshole of myself. Um, and, and it just it turned into a huge shit show. And my sponsor's like, well, your, your way is not the only way. I, I think vision's wonderful. 
And uh, for me, it, there, there really isn't anything else. He's like, you have to let other people do what they have to do. And uh, I forgot that because I'm used to being around folks who are pretty much of the, of the similar mindset. So it's kind of a culture shock, but it was something I needed to go through. Um, you know, over that 10 years, I just think of all the sponsors that I, I pissed off just because I wasn't doing um, what they asked of me. You know, I asked them for help and then I wasn't doing it. And um, so now when I get somebody who's not doing what I want them to do, I, you know, it's great. Not, not that, uh, you know, I, I want to see them fail or anything like that, but it's a great reminder about what I need to do. And uh, it also reminds me that, you know, look, I was just, just as bad, if not worse. So I've, it helps me to be more understanding when somebody's not ready. Um, and if I get upset, you know, that's, that's what my 10 steps are for. But, um, you know, it's just, I find it amazing how my higher power will kind of just pull my chain every so often and kind of put me back into place. Anytime I start to think a little, you know, like I know everything or I don't even think I know everything. I just think that my way is fantastic. Why wouldn't everybody else want to do it? But that's, that's not how it works. Other people have ways to recover that I simply don't understand. I don't have to. It's none of my business. I just have to concern myself with uh, how I recover and how my sponsors recover and how my sponsees recover and anything else. Well, that's. That's just none of my business. Great, glad to be here. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. I'll pass. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much. Okay, Deb S. followed by Dave M. Go ahead, Deb. Okay, thanks. Hi, this is Deb S. I am um, in Eleven, Michigan. Anyway, thanks, Amy, for your service and all of you guys. Um, yeah, this. I, I wanted to say something about this today, and also because I needed a meeting today. There was something that I did yesterday. It was a behavior characteristic that I'm not fond of. And I was looking at a couple of things, you know, do not contradict such views. And it makes me think about, you know, we have ceased fighting anyone or anything. And yesterday I I wanted to fight. (laughs) And, you know, that is just a quality. I, I think about my six, you know, step six were entirely ready. And I was not entirely ready to have God remove that defect yesterday. You know, people can do things to us that are annoying, that are, you know, somebody was on the line once and saying, you know, was it right? Well, no, it wasn't right what that person did. It's, but I, I had that little bit in me that um, somebody mentioned earlier, and I wanted to to judge that person. I wanted to get them to do what I wanted them to do because they did something, they threw something in a file and it was in the wrong place and shouldn't have been there and it was kind of annoying. And so, you know, but there are ways to go about it. Do not contradict such views. This is not just for working with others in this one situation of an alcoholic who you're helping. It can be in any situation and it's, you know, it. It makes me think about, in this situation, working with others, your candidate, you know, and what your candidate makes it, and not in, not contradicting them. And it makes me think about, you know, the, and there were two people. I kind of did a little ping on, it wasn't directed to my sister in any way, but I did something, I asked a question about a COVID protocol. She can't stand any of that. She doesn't care about any of it. But there were children involved, and I was just curious, what is the protocol? Because there are like 100 kids here. 
but and so I asked a question, but it was snide. It was trying to make sure that she understood why don't you care about what I care about? You know, this is not the behavior of somebody who's in recovery, and I'm I'm in recovery, and I've been recovered from the disease from a long time, but I'm still working on character defects, even though I'm clean and abstinent for years. This is one of those defects, and I'm I'm glad to read it because both of these individuals, are, one is definitely alcoholic, the other I don't know, but certainly has some things that are similar, and makes me think about the the excellent people who wrote this text. You know, they're kind of saying you got a person on the other side of of you who's not in recovery. They want help, but they're not in recovery yet. They do have some of their own things. Don't go in there and contradict what they say. Don't fight. Quit fighting anyone. And this is really a good lesson for me today to remember that because it's true. A lot of people that I interact with may have. Uh, there's whatever they have, you know, but for sure if you run up against another alcoholic and you try to contradict them and tell them what they're doing is not right, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a good response. And that's what they're teaching us here, and it, it makes sense in life. Anyway, thank you all so much. It was really helpful to hear everybody, and it is, and um, to be able to talk a little bit about this situation. Thanks. I pass. Thanks, Deb. Okay, Dave M., you're up, and then we'll take some more names. Just a friendly reminder, we are on page 94, the second paragraph. Go ahead, Dave. You have the floor. Thank you. Uh, Dave M., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, if I'm talking to somebody about my compulsive overeating and the solution I found, then they may say stuff about other things might work. I tell them, uh, I didn't think I don't think any of those things would have worked for me, but they might work for you, and I don't know. Um, for me, I had to do all of the steps. I, I would have do half halfway, but like it says, half measures avail us nothing. I did one, two, and three, and stopped because that ha- I don't know why, but that happens a lot. Came back and and uh, got from one to nine, and then while doing ten, eleven, and twelve, ten and eleven. Uh, and nine, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to sponsor. I don't know why I didn't want to sponsor exactly, but I, I hated the idea. I thought I would screw somebody up or something. Uh, when I came back, uh, you know, I came back to get out of the prison I just put myself in, and, and uh, uh, I needed to do them all, and I need to do them all. Uh, most of the time, I like it, but I look at it like uh, God is my employer. I go to work when I feel like it and I go to work when I don't feel like it. And now I do the steps and sponsor sometimes. Sometimes I don't like everything about it, but most of the time it's great. And if you're in prison, this really is a way out of uh, being trapped. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Dave. Okay. Who else would like to share on what was read? Claire E. from the UK. Okay, Claire. Blanca BG. Blanca. Kim A. Kim A., did you say? Yes. Okay, Kim, gotcha. Don't be shy. 
Okay. Well, we'll go with Claire E, Blanca BG, and Kim A. Go ahead, Claire. You're up. Thanks, Amy, and thanks to everybody. It's really good to be on a meeting live. Um, I've been at college the last few weeks and not been able to make as many. Um, I love this paragraph. Um, it just reminds me that the best way to put me off anything, I'm a real perverse teenager at heart, is to shove it down my throat, and that's really not very helpful in OA. And, um, you know, it's far, far more effective for me to share my experience um, strength and hope rather than lecturing to someone or giving my opinion and it just reminds me also that there are many rivers to the ocean and um, you know, my cousin is um, in my opinion probably a, an addict um, and he sort of got sober by doing this in a very different way he's found a spiritual approach which has nothing to do with the 12 steps and he's doing really well in his life and I need to remember that although this is my story and my path and what's worked for me that's not necessarily the case for anyone. You know, we do not have a monopoly on God. Um, and I've had loads of conversations with sponsees over the years about various things that I do that they don't want to do or don't think they should need to do. or And, and maybe they don't, you know, um, particularly around physical allergy, you know, um, and, and things I don't eat. Um, and it's okay. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not God. I'm no food police. And all I can share is my own experience. Um, and as has been said, you know, I, I've, I've pretty much done what I've done in recovery. And I do the things I do in recovery through bitter experience of getting it wrong. Um, you know, and if somebody is a real compulsive eater, and again, this has been my experience, and I don't do the things that I do currently to stay well, then food is the great persuader. You know, I end up back in the food and um, and I don't want to spoil a later chance for somebody to come back to the fellowship. I would never want anyone to not be coming back to the fellowship because of something I said. So I um, I really these days do outline my experience um, what I do in recovery. I think my real job, as it says at the bottom of this paragraph, is actually just to tell them about the fellowship, tell them what recovery is, um, make sure they know uh, where to go, and 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 you know share my experience, my story to the best of my ability, and then really trust that my higher power, their higher power, has has got a plan for them, and I'm nothing to do with it. Um, so yeah, and as I said, uh, I, I tried very hard to do half measures, <laughs> very hard indeed. And if I could have possibly made that work for me, I would have done. But you know, what I found over the years is the things I do work very nicely for me. And that's the message I have. And there's plenty of other messages out there. And, and maybe that suits someone else better. I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Claire. Okay, Blanca BG, followed by Kim May. Go ahead, Blanca. Good morning, everyone. Um, oh, wow. I'll tell you what. <laughs> there are no coincidences. Uh, you hear that. In, I hear that in OA all the time. No coincidences. Things come to you when you need to hear them. Amen to that. Uh, you know, it, it's unbelievable how how much my life changed when I ceased fighting <laughs> everyone on the planet, which is what I did my whole life <laughs> and it's what kept me in disease um you know until I got into OA and I heard amazing things like do you want peace or do you want to be right <laughs> well I want peace I don't care about being right anymore and I couldn't begin to, to even describe what how my life changed for the better and then I realized something else, 
through the as, as through the grace of the big book. It's all about ego. My ego, whenever I insist that everybody do and feel and say what I want, I stop and go, there it is. That's my ego. That's e- that has ego all over it. But it doesn't mean that the that that it doesn't creep in. Again, there's something in the big book, a line that says, why do we continue to be shocked when our dysfunctions continue to come up <laughs> and mine will raise their heads? Something happened the other night on my property. I was very upset about it. And I called my son and, whoa, this thing happened on my property. You have to come right now. And, and, and you know, I'm very I'm nervous and something happened here. Somebody threw something at my front door. It was something. And he said, okay, Ma, we'll be there. We got some things we have to do, and then we'll be there. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? The world has to stop right now. Stop your life. and Get over here because something happened to me, and, I, and I'm upset. And I thought, wait, are you listening to yourself? <laughs> yes, it is. It was my ego stepping in there and wanting everybody to do as I say when I want it. And of course, clearly, it did not work in my life. It kept me deep in my disease. So once again, uh, my eyes are opened and I am so grateful. And I understand and I'm able to handle my life and my dysfunctions, show their ugly heads continually, and they will continue to do that. And on that, I'll pass. Thank you, Blanca. I don't think I heard where you were from. Did you introduce yourself? Okay, well, that was Blanca, everyone. Okay, Kim A., you are up. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. It's Kim A. from New York City. Raise your hand if you like being lectured. And I don't even have to see anybody to know that nobody's raising their hand. Um, There's a lot to be said for the way things are presented to people. And... If Evie would have shown up and lectured Bill about Bill's drinking, then we wouldn't be on this meeting today. All Evie did was show up, tell Bill what worked for him. And that is a message that carried depth and weight because we know that only another compulsive eater who has found recovery can really help a struggling compulsive eater, whether it's a newcomer or, you know, someone like me who had been a chronic relapser. Um, Nobody wants to be told what to do. And, you know, there were plenty of times that people would tell me with conviction what I needed to do, that I needed to avoid sugar, that I needed to weigh and measure, that I needed to commit my food. And it wasn't said, I mean, these things are always said with the greatest, you know, helpful intent, but what's so much more effective is just saying, like, listen, this is what worked for me, and when the big book was originally written, Bill had written things in a way where he was telling people what they needed to do, what they had to do to recover, and it was edited so that, you know, you can see many times throughout the big book, They're saying this is what worked. He had to take out that really strong lecturing type of language because nobody wants to hear that. You know, they tell us over and over in Chapter 7 that 
if we go about things in a way where we're either, you know, yelling from the rooftops about religion or we are, you know, lecturing or telling people what to do, that we're going to turn people up and we're going to spoil an opportunity to help them. And our recovery depends on helping people. And so, you know, no matter how passionate we may be, no matter how excited we may be, no matter, you know, talking about ego, no matter how convinced we are that our way is going to work, we need to, you know, get with God and pray on how we can help the newcomer or help the struggling compulsive eater in a way that is going to be most helpful to them, not in the way that we want to present it. Um, and you know what? That's pretty much all I want to say. With that, I will pass. It's Kim A. from New York City. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Kim. Right on time. Okie dokie. So we are going to take some more names. We are on page 94. We are on the second paragraph, reading that one paragraph only in the chapter, Working with Others. So who would like to share on what was read? Please give me your name. New York. Somebody from New York? I didn't catch Freya. that name. Freya oh, Freya. H. Gotcha. Freya H. And then there was someone else? Vicki V. from New York. Vicki. Vicki V. Okay. Anyone else? Devorah S. from New Jersey. Devorah. Okay. Anyone else? Love to hear from you. Okie dokie. We're going to rock and roll with these gals. Okay, Freya H., Vicki V., Devorah S. All right, Freya, you're up. Please go ahead. Thank you. It's Freya H., Recovered Compulsive Eater Bulimic in Colorado. Um, two things I want to say about this paragraph. Um, it's such a good one, but I remember I was writing an inventory. It was a resentment that was coming up, that had come up before, it was, you know, familiar territory. And I had this insight that the reason why I was still hanging on to it was because I thought I was right. I was just so convinced I was right. And I could not accept that the other person, you know, wasn't going to, um, that that wasn't enough for them. And this is right in line. You know, the insight that came to me was, um, you know, my higher power kind of whispering that, hey, it doesn't matter if you're right. It doesn't matter if you do know what's best in this situation. You are not going to help by insisting. And that was, I mean, maybe it sounds obvious, but for me it was, it sunk it from my head into my heart. And I feel like that's the same idea being expressed here. It's it doesn't matter if I'm right. It doesn't matter if I know, um, you know, I have experience of recovery and that I, that I have access to this book that, um, that really does give me something that works. You know, it doesn't matter if I have this message that's right. Um, contradicting someone else is not going to do any good and it is very likely to do harm. So very humbling um, that I get to uh, to not contradict, even if I do have something and even if I really want to share it. The other thing is empathy. You know, this is telling us to have empathy 
instead of contradicting, tell him that you once felt that he, as he does, find some place, find some common ground. Um, that's, that's an approach that creates connection instead of that um, you know, disconnection that causes someone else to be defensive. But it does, the rest of the paragraph tells me, it says, go ahead and share my experience. It doesn't say lecture, you know, don't use my, don't share my experience in a way that is lecturing, but just tell him that, yeah, this is, I, I know where you're coming from. I felt the same way. And this is what I found. But um, I can't, I can't um, avoid, you know, like help someone bypass their own process. You know, they need to go try out whatever easier, softer ways. That's up to them. That's how they're going to learn. And their higher power is holding them by the hand the whole time. So anyway, um, thanks for letting me share. I will pass. Thank you so much, Freya. Okay, Vicki V, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Vicki V from New York. Thank you so much, moderator, for hearing me um, this morning. I have not shared in a while, and this really touched me. I'd like to share a sponsoring experience that truly humbled me in this situation. I was working with a sponsee through the big book who shared with me a food item that her daughter gave her and that she ate and that she recognized that she didn't like it and threw the rest away and knew that this was not a problem for her. Well, that food item was on my list, was a huge problem. And when I heard that, that's all I heard. So my response was, wait a minute, you may have gone off program. Um, we have to look at this. I couldn't imagine that any person of this program couldn't be triggered by this particular food item. Uh, she was very kind to me, and she repeated very calmly, no, I don't believe this is an issue for me. It didn't trigger me, et cetera. But in my mind, my ego kept circling back. I was kind of frozen, you know, kept circling back to this particular food item. It's a problem for everybody. Thankfully, I was not overly dramatic. I was more frozen than anything else. But I heard the calm in her voice and in her program and in herself, and that calmed me. And all of a sudden, God sent me a wink, and he said, did you look at her food list, her behavior list, everything that you discussed prior to, you know, getting into these steps? I, in fact, had not. So while we were on the phone, you know, we both looked at it. And, and I openly shared with her, you know, my concern. We went back and looked at her food list and her behaviors. And sure enough, this had nothing to do with her. It was not in any of her steps, any of her disease. It was me, my disease, my fear, my ego that tried to step into her program, and it reminds me that it's, it's, it's disease is insidious. It'll get you any way you can. When I work with a sponsee, the program is theirs, not mine. God showed me that day that I needed to let go of all fear, doubt, and ego. And the only thing I needed to help another was to show up and listen, share my experience, strength, and hope, and always remember that my sponsee's program, that dedication, their success or lack of it, has nothing to do with me. That was a very humbling situation, and I learned greatly by that. Thank you, God. Thank you, fellows, for accepting me and my imperfections. And most of all, thank you to the sponsors who are willing to walk with us and learn from us what we learn from others, because nothing I say is mine. Uh, thank you I, uh, for supporting, you know, God for supporting me as I continue to grow in God's grace and in this program. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vicki. All righty. Devorah S., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Devorah, we can't hear you. Star 1, please. 
Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Devora S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Thank you all who makes this meeting possible. And, you know, <clears throat> ditto to everyone, what everyone's saying. Um, I, too, um, like this sentence. Do not contradict such views. Tell him you once felt as he does, but you doubt whether that you would have made much progress had you had not taken action. Um, that was when my sponsors, you know, the biggest, the, the, I don't know, it was music to my ears when I heard someone say to me, I know how you felt. I felt the same way, and this is what I did. Um, I felt validated because, honestly, for all the years, you know, struggling and struggling with my food and with my weight, I never heard anyone say, you know, yeah, I know what that's like. You know, this is what I did to help. Everybody always lectured me and gave me their ideas, but nobody told me how they struggled, and no one told me how they understood me. You know, everybody was like, everyone was quick to give me their advice and their opinion. I've had strangers stop me on the street and say, aren't you afraid? Don't, aren't you afraid you're going to collapse with all that extra weight on you? People were people just throwing out ideas and plans to me. But nobody really sat down with me and shared with me, you know, from their heart and experience that, that helped them. And, and, and this, is, this, is what, this is what this program is all about. This is what the rooms and the steps are all about here. You know, when I came into the program and, and people were sharing the way they, what they did with the food, and how they couldn't stop, and, and they got the solution here in these pages, that kept me coming back, and that kept me wanting to do what they did. And, you know, I'm so grateful because that's the only thing I can give is my, is my experience, you know, to other people. And, um, and, and, and hopefully that's what I do today. Um, so, yeah, contradicting another person and what they do and how they do it, that you know that 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 can't be. We have to approach people with the with with tolerance, patience, kindliness, and love. Um, and you know what? We're planting seeds. And if they want what we have, they come back and they want more. And and and, and they'll open up these pages and want to work and and want to do this. But in the meantime, all I can do is plant the seeds and hope you know that they'll they'll catch on. They'll want it. Um, but I'm not here to lecture. I'm not here to contradict. I'm here to just, um, you know, just to help another person and to understand their pain and struggle um, and to know that, you know, and to give them the hope that they, too, um, could get out of that deep, dark misery of, of, of pain and suffering. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thanks, Devorah. Okay, we are on page 94, second paragraph. We have time for, I'd say, about three people, three more people. Who would like to take us out, this last group? Debbie N. Ohio. Debbie M. Gotcha. Who else? Love to hear from you. Don't be shy. This is Claudette from Montreal. Claudette? What's the first Gabrielle. initial of your life? Gabrielle. Gabrielle. A. 
from Florida. Gabrielle A. Okay. All right. This sounds like we got it here. Debbie M. Claudette. I didn't get your initial of your last name. No biggie. Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel, did I get that right? A. So let's go. Debbie, you're up. Please go ahead. Yes. Good morning. This is Debbie N. That's M like in Nancy from Ohio. Oh, thank you. And um, I didn't think I'd have anything to share about this paragraph, but, you know, nothing directly resonated with me. But then it, listening to folks, and then it realized, I realized that uh, when I attempted to be a sponsor, I had this litany of requirements of my sponsee. They had to, they, or I, of course, cloaked it with, you have, are you willing to do this? Are you willing to do that? And I had this list, and uh, I thought it was the good thing to do, and I think I'm rethinking that. I'm, I'm going to pray about it, but I'm wondering if when I put my name out to be a sponsor and somebody contacts me as a potential sponsee, maybe I just need to say, well, let's get to know each other and working together and not have any requirements at all. I mean, to be a member of OA, you just have to have a willingness not to compulsively overeat. It doesn't say you have to have a food plan, you have to have a particular food plan, you have to do this or this or this, this whole litany of things. And so it's, it's helped me to rethink uh, what I'm supposed to do when somebody asks me to sponsor them. And with that, I, I appreciate that challenging my thinking and my predisposition to what I thought was the right thing to do. I think what it is is I thought if they were willing to do all of these things and did them, then I would be successful as a sponsor. And it's really not about me. Uh, and so I really appreciate uh, the shares that have helped me to open my mind more about this. And that's, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Okay, Claudette, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. My name is Claudette B., a compulsive eater from Montreal, Canada. And I really appreciate the reading and the shares I've heard uh, this morning. I um, came back last uh, last week, October 13th is my new abstinence date. And I was informed about the vision for you. And I came to some meetings and I stayed online once after the meeting and uh, I was asked to give my phone number, which I did. And then I received phone calls from a number of uh, members from different parts of uh, the states who called me to welcome me. And uh, I'm thinking of how I was approached and how I was spoken to and how uh, people shared, you know, it was really wonderful, welcoming, respectful, no one told me what I should do or not do. I was given suggestions for for different things, uh, links for other types of meetings if I wanted. And it was really, um, really, really life-saving. Uh, I have no doubt uh, I don't like to be told what to do and what not to do. I don't like being bossed around. And if any of that would have happened, uh, I probably would have been turned off. But at the contrary, I'm attracted to the program. I'm attracted 
to this meeting in particular because of how I was approached and welcome. That's what I wanted to share. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Claudette. So glad to hear that. Okay, Gabriel, Gabriel, please go ahead, Gabriel A. Good morning, Gabrielle A. from Florida. I'm very grateful for this meeting. Thanks, everybody, for your service. And I wanted to simply say that I have been in and out of OA for 30 years, and I am one of those people that just never was able to get long-term abstinence, a, a chronic relapser, if you will. I just completed an inpatient recovery program in South Florida, and I'm finally, thank God for today, surrendered. And um, I would say that as it relates to the reading, if someone told me upon entering OA that I had to weigh and measure my food in order to be a member of OA, I would have turned around and never come back. I was never willing in all these years to weigh and measure. And this program required it that I just completed as far as the residential part. I'm in the outpatient part now. And it's working for me. And I kicked and screamed some days I still do. But it's working. Anyway, all I wanted to really get to is that it's true. People need to be ready to do what may work for others, um, but they can't be told it's a requirement, and or at least that's true for me. Um, I, I'm very grateful for the wonderful, patient, kind, generous sponsors that I've had over the years who have never been truly successful with me because I wasn't able to really give myself wholeheartedly to the program and to my higher power. Thank you all very much, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Gabrielle. Okay. Uh, we've got about one minute left. We can wrap things up unless someone has would like to share. Okie dokie. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. Oh, excuse me. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following uh, the share ID for today, October 26, 2021, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 17,981. That's 17981. Now we will close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Would uh, Kathy S., could you please read a vision for us, vision for you, please? Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.